even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. Saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Look at your neighbor and ask him, neighbor, did you pray about it? Now, look on the other side and ask that other neighbor, said, neighbor, did you pray about it? Now, don't let me get away. Look up here and say, Reverend, did you pray about it? There will come a time in the life of every believer, a time when you feel completely drained. There will come a time in each and every life of a Christian where you will feel as if you have no more to give. Yes, there will come a time when you will feel as if you are running on spiritual fumes. Or no one will be able to tell because on the outside, everything looks fine. And no one will really, really be aware of the fact that on the inside, you feel as if you are sinking fast. There will be a time when you will feel as if your tank is empty and the time has come 
when you are about to run completely out of spiritual fuel. Uh, now understand, you'll still be doing the right things. You, you'll still be in the choir. You'll still be in Sunday school. You, you'll still be doing what you normally do. But unbeknownst to many, you will be grappling with a spirit of frustration and emptiness has set in. You've given much and feel as if there is nothing left to give. Because you do know that you can't give what you don't have. And you can't put out what you haven't taken in. Amen. It's then that you realize something has to be done. Somehow, you must do everything you can to get back on track. And you discover that if you're going to be able to stand, you're going to have to make prayer the very center of your life. One of the most wonderful things about God is that he grants us the honor of talking to him. Amen. And even to talk back to us. There are some things, my brothers and my sisters, in life that will drive you to your knees. But if you've been on this planet in a period of time, you discover that being driven to your knees can be a good thing. Amen. For it is there that God will teach us to pray. Amen. See, every once in a while, God will allow some trouble to come. Some trouble to come in our lives. I think I ought to tell you before we go any further that trouble and prayer are closely related. Amen. As a matter of fact, trouble is one of God's most effective agents. Amen. Amen. And if we be honest, sometimes it takes trouble uh, to get our attention. Sometimes it takes trouble uh, to get us to focus our attention back where it belongs. Trouble and prayer are closely related. Uh, Brother Job will tell you that, that, that trouble will come unexpected. Amen. But the end result of trouble can be a greater understanding of God. You see, when it comes to prayer, we discover that prayer is not God doing something for us 
as much as it is allowing God to do something with us. Amen. Amen. Now, understand that the enemy knows that there is power in prayer. Amen. And he will do everything he can to block and hinder prayer. I think all of think all the sir notice tonight that the devil, the devil, the devil is not upset when you can sing. Huh? The devil is not upset when you get up and run all the way around the sanctuary. The devil is not impressed if you're able to play a musical instrument. The devil doesn't even mind if you preach. Doesn't care if you jump the pews and shout every Sunday. None of this impresses the devil and he does not mind you doing any or all of the above as long as you don't pray. The devil is a prayer hater. He's a prayer hater. In Daniel chapter 10, there is a wonderful, wonderful word picture. Daniel has begun to mourn. He has begun to mourn, and for 21 days, he's been engaged in prayer. And, and there's been no answer. And then 21 days later, uh, an individual comes to him and gives him the assurance, Daniel, I heard you the first day. But I want you to know, Daniel, what's been going on. There's been a, a battle in the heavenlies. And before I could come to you, I had to fight the prince of Persia in heavenly places. And I think I ought to tell you that we are the church, but we are the church surrounded by powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. The devil is the prayer hater. Pastor, I'm beginning, I'm beginning. Well, I, actually, I'm beyond beginning. I'm greatly concerned in our church, I said at St. Mark, that we need to put prayer and Bible study on the sick list. I'm, I'm trying to understand why you can get more folk in choir rehearsal than you can prayer meeting. Uh -huh. 
So as we seek to be Christians, as we consider the challenges that we face on a daily basis, we discover that between the time Jesus entered Jerusalem and the time that he was found on the cross, he ended up on the cross, between those times, Jesus made special arrangements to have a prayer and praise service in Gethsemane. And there he prayed about it. Now this ought not be any surprise to us because when it comes to prayer, Jesus realized that prayer was more important than rest. For the Bible says he would get up early in the morning and find himself in prayer. Uh, prayer was more important than appetite. Uh, even in the wilderness, where he had fasted for 40 days, Jesus was persistently pursuing the practice of providing the personal priority of prayer. He prayed in Luke at the time of his baptism. He prayed before he called his 12 disciples. He prayed about it. He prayed when he asked men, whom do men say that I am? Jesus never, ever faced a major decision or a crisis before he first of all prayed about it. The reason Jesus was praying, he counted on that blessed assurance. Amen. In every decision he made in life, that his will would be in agreement with God's will for his life. My brothers and my sisters, we cannot do God's business without God's power. And when we pray, when we pray, I think we need to get it straight. When we pray, we don't come to God to offer him our assistance. We come to God to thank him for the privilege of being a part of his plan and his program. I don't know whether you know it or not, but it's a privilege to be in here tonight. Oh, yes, it is. It's a privilege. It's a blessed privilege to be able to speak his name. Amen. 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 And so whatever we do, we don't do it in our own power. Amen. Amen. And so my brothers and my sisters, I heard somebody say that the secret to the ages is to find out first which way God is moving before you make your move. Don't make a move and then try to find out if this is what God wants you to do. Unfortunately, that's what the majority of us do. We make our move and that get all messed up in it and then want God to come along and fix it. Amen. In every area of our lives, the secret lies in knowing first which way God is moving. 
Amen. Now, you know which way God is moving, and then we get on board and move with God. In the text, Jesus has gone to Gethsemane to pray about it. Because Jesus knew this, that ministry to God must precede ministry to people. Amen. Amen. Let us not forget that when we get all busy with church work without taking the time to talk to God about the work we're doing. Amen. Jesus is in Gethsemane because he knew what was coming. He knew what he was about to face. But before he faced it, before he confronted it, he wanted to be sure. And so he pursues his persistent practice of prayer to to discern which way God is moving. Listen to the words of the prayer. He starts out with an intimate statement. Father, Father, that's family. Amen. Father, that's a child to a loving father relationship. Father, that's intimacy. Amen. Father means that God is approachable. And and he is able to call him father without diminishing his majesty and his divinity. He calls him father. Amen. Amen. He comes before him, and it reminds us of that verse in Hebrews 4, 16. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in the time of need. He, he comes to Gethsemane. He comes to Gethsemane. But please understand, in a biblical sense, that Gethsemane is not purely just a place. Gethsemane, spiritually speaking, is any place where you find yourself struggling. Amen. Gethsemane is any place where you find yourself in your life fighting with the issues of life. Yeah, yeah. Gethsemane is that place where you confront right and wrong. Gethsemane is that place where you find yourself facing the decision, shall I stand up for what's right or shall I compromise my principles? Gethsemane is that place where you have to decide between remembering who you are or conveniently forgetting who you are. Gethsemane is that place where you have to decide between giving up and giving out. Gethsemane is that place where you can face-to-face with doing it your way or doing it God's way. In every Gethsemane, uh, the conflict revolves around where will God's will prevail? Shall it be God's will or shall it be our will? I wanted you to know you don't have to leave Cincinnati to get to Gethsemane. Just, just, Just keep on living. Just keep on living. Get... Gethsemane is everywhere. Geth- Gethsemane is all around us. I think I ought to tell you that right now I'm facing my own Gethsemane. And, and don't you try to act like you're not because I, I know that everybody in here has a Gethsemane. Can I, 
Can I just go on and be honest and let you know that uh, the problem with me is I want to do it my way. I, I, I want to do it my way. I want to do it my way. And then there are other folk who want me to do it their way. And then sometimes I'm stuck in the middle trying to figure out which way. Yeah, yeah, that Gethsemane is all around us. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of us are facing Gethsemane. Amen. Amen. Now, if you don't have a Gethsemane, then you may be thinking that you're Superman. <clears throat> but uh, if you think you're Superman, then let me ask you, what's your kryptonite? Because <clears throat> I come to tell you that all of us, all of us are struggling with something. And so understand that God would have us to be victorious even in our Gethsemanes. The text confirms it. The text shows us that we can be victorious in our Gethsemane. The text says in order to deal with Gethsemanes, the key is pray about it. Pray about it. Jesus shows us how we must pray. He models for us the proper way to pray. His victory in Gethsemane came only after he prayed the prayer to which God could say yes. Uh, uh, God cannot say yes to every prayer. I, I hear Paul, I hear Paul, I hear Paul saying, Lord, I, I've got a thorn in the flesh. And I'm coming to you because I know you can move it. And then far as I'm concerned, you ought to move it. So I'm coming and asking you to do what I know you can do. But if you notice, God does not respond to that prayer because God cannot answer every prayer. Elijah sits outside of town asking God to die. Uh, but God does not respond to that prayer. A amen. 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 God does not answer every prayer. Notice in the text, Jesus prayed until. Let the church say until. He, he, he prayed until his will was in agreement with God's will. He prayed until his will could give way to the Father. Amen. He prayed until his devotion became apparent. He was devoted to the will of his Father. Amen. Without devotion... Everything we do is just empty form, empty form. Paul talks about those who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. We used to sing in the church when I was a child, consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. You, you cannot stop praying until you are prepared to give up 
what's good for what's best. Uh, God help here tonight. You, you got to pray through. You, you got to keep on praying till we pray the prayer to which God can say yes. And when God hears the right prayer, he'll say, yes, that's the one. That's the one. That, that's the one I've been waiting to hear. Yeah, that, that's the one I've been waiting to hear. And my answer to that prayer is yes. Yeah, my answer to that prayer is yes. See, I found out that God loves to say yes. Amen. The Bible says all the promises of God are yea and amen. God loves to say yes. Amen. Amen. But the response is reserved until we pray in his will. Amen. Amen. Don't, don't, don't stop when you feel like your prayers have not been heard. Amen. God's silence does not mean God's denial. Amen. But you have to pray through. There's that woman, that woman that keeps bothering that judge all day, all night. She, he cannot avoid her. He cannot escape her. Everywhere he goes, she's there. Finally, he says, if I don't do something for this woman, she will weary me to death. And Jesus says, shall not the Father respond to those who cry out to him day and night? Amen. I come to tell you, brothers and sisters, keep on praying. Ah, uh, yeah, keep on praying. Pray the prayer to which God wants to say yes. And he wants to say yes to his children. But only after we pray the prayer to which he can say yes. Notice that even Jesus had to struggle to pray the prayer to which his father could say yes. He begins in verse 36 and he says, remove this cup from me. He says, Father, I'm going to be honest. I don't want this cup. For the first time in my life, there is a divergence between your will and mine. I don't want this cup. Martin Luther, Martin Luther says the first rule of prayer is don't lie to God. Amen. Yeah. Don't lie to God. He says if you don't feel like going to church, amen. Amen. Says God will bless you if you'll be honest. Amen. So Jesus says, Father, I don't like this. I don't like this. And then I want to tell you, don't worry about it. God can handle your little anger. God can handle your little frustration. You can be honest with God. Jesus said, Father, I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't want this cup. I'd rather do it my way. If it is possible, I would prefer accomplishing your will minus the cross. See, the thing that each of us has in common with Jesus is some cup. I got mine and, and you got yours. Amen. There is always some cup we want to get rid of. Amen. Lord, if it's possible, 
move this cup of aches and pains. Lord, if it's possible, move this cup of rebellious children. Lord, if it's possible, move this cup of an unfulfilled marriage. Lord, if it's possible, remove this cup of disappointment. Lord, if it's possible, remove this cup of loneliness. Remove this cup of anger and revenge. Remove this cup of envy. Remove this cup of bitterness. Remove this cup of rage, this cup of grief. All of us have a cup we don't want. Amen. We know where we want to go. We know what we want to do. We just want to avoid the cross. This is where Jesus started. But remember, this is not where Jesus finished. He hung on in there. He kept on praying. Finally, he reached the point where he says, if I must drink the cup, uh, he reaches the nevertheless point. Not what I want because Jesus says it's not all about me amen it's not all about you amen so not my will not what I want but your will be done and it was then that God said yes so if we want to be victorious instead of victims then we must keep on praying until we pray the one that God can say yes to. Amen. We need to be reminded that we are not in control. Life teaches us eventually that we are not in control. I saw a car, bumper sticker on a car that said, God is my co-pilot. I said, thank God I'm not riding with it. Amen. We will never, ever pray properly until we remind ourselves that we are not in control. We are not big ballers and shot callers. God is in control. Amen. And so without praying about it, amen, without consulting God about it, then we are out there on our own. The Cessna Airplane Company, a few years ago, created a most unique plane. The uniqueness about this plane was is that whenever the plane was in a nosedive, it was equipped so that all you had to do was take your hands off. Amen. Just take your hands off and the plane would correct itself. Amen. That's the problem with us problem with us is we haven't learned how to take our hands off. We, we want to straighten everything out. We want to fix everything. We think we can handle it when sometimes God is saying, take your hands off. It's too hot for you to handle. It's too much for you to handle. Sometimes we got to do like grandma used to say, let go and let God. Amen. Let God be in charge and watch God work. Watch him straighten it out. Now, one thing, Pastor Ventures, that we've done is, is that we act as if God's will is a bad thing. See, when something happens that we cannot explain, something happens out of the ordinary, we reach and get that phrase, 
it must have been the will of God. Amen. Suicide, airplane crash, incurable diseases, losing jobs, car wrecks. We put the blame on God. Amen. Ah, the will of God. It must have been the will of God. No way. No way. That's not the God that I serve. That's not the God I serve. That's not the God that Jesus is praying to. Jesus is praying to the God of love, the one that so loved the world. So when we can't explain something, we put the blame on God instead of looking at ourselves, instead of looking at our environment and looking at our culture, looking at the forces of evil at work in our world. We are free moral agents. God gives us choice. The problem with us is we make bad choices. Amen. William Sloan Coffin, former pastor of Riverside Church, had a son that was lost in a car accident. When his friends came to the final service, they gathered around him, and each one of them said in unison, Coffin, this was the will of God. Coffin, this was God's will to take your son. Henry Sloan Coffin looked at them and replied, do you mean to tell me that it was God's will that my son would drive with worn out windshield wipers? Do you think that it was God's will that Alex never replaced them? Do you think that it was God's will that Alex always drove too fast? Do you think it was God's will that Alex always drank too much? Do you think that it was God's will that there was no street lights? Do you think that it was God's will that there was no guardrail on that road? No, God does not go around the world with his fingers on triggers and fists around knives and hands on steering wheels. Coffin looked at him and said, when my son died, God's heart was the first one to break. Amen. Yes, yeah, not God's intention and will. It was not God's intention and will that God, that Jesus die on the cross. It was not his intention or will that Jesus die on the cross. God's intention was that when his son came to the world, that man would obey him. Amen. His intentional will was that all mankind would obey him. Ah, uh, but evil men and women started messing up. Amen. Started being disobedient and did not want to do what's right. And so circumstances demanded that Jesus die on the cross. It was not what God wanted. But he would not have Jesus turn and run from the cross. Jesus resolves to save through the cross by any means. He looks at the cross and says, I will not allow even the cross to turn me around. Amen. And so he goes on the cross and he dies for you and for me. 
He dies content. Amen. He says, no man takes my life. I lay it down. He dies, but he prayed about it. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, as I take my seat, I suggest tonight that the church will be better when we learn to pray about it. Uh, to pray about it. And we need to stop having so many badness meetings. Oh, I'm sorry, I mean business meetings. Uh, and learn how to pray about it. See, I, I believe that if we learn how to pray about it, we can cancel some business meetings. Amen. Amen. If we learn to pray about it, then auxiliaries can get along with each other. If we learn how to pray about it, there'll be less confusion and frustration in the church. A amen. There'll, there'll be less animosity. Amen. And, and, and malice against one another. A amen. Amen. If we learn to pray about it, take it to God in prayer. God will fix it for us. And he'll make everything all right. Is there a witness in here tonight? Oh, yeah. I think I ought to tell you. I think I ought to tell you that the only reason I've been able to make it this far is that I learned how to pray. <laughs> oh, yeah. I learned how to pray. I learned how to pray. I learned that if I can't talk to folk about God, <laughs> I can talk to God about folk. Uh, I, I tell you, there's power in prayer. And so I just wanted to tell you tonight that whatever you do, before you make a move, pray about it. Pray about it. Tell God all about it. Amen. We used to sing, just a little talk with Jesus. Makes it right. Amen. Pray about it. Pray about it. Take it to God in prayer. Amen. Take it to God in prayer. My, my father used to tell me when I was in my crazy teens, he used to tell me when I thought I was grown and he couldn't do anything with me, he, he looked at me one day and he says, I'm going to leave you <laughs> in the hands of the Lord. I, I, I want to tell you if, you, if you're trying to raise obstinate children, <laughs> and you've done all you can do. Just look at him and tell him, I'm going to leave you in the hands of the Lord. Yeah, pray about it, pray about it, pray about it, pray about it. If we do more praying, amen, we'll do less fussing. Amen, pray about it, whatever it is, pray about it. Amen. He will hear and answer prayer. God bless you. May God keep you. Amen. Pray about it. Amen. Pray about it. Yes.